Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and their tips for managers to get the best from their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the co-founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. I always have a mentor around, both professionally as for my hobbies or whatever. That's Peter van der Veld, founding partner of 9.5, a European venture capital firm based in Belgium. Peter's an entrepreneur with a solid track record in tech startups and corporate venturing. In this episode, he talks about what's important when building a leadership team, managers being sources of energy for their teams, the role of mentors in overcoming fears, and balancing long-term vision with step-by-step implementation. Peter, thank you very much for joining us today for this month's Manageable Conversation. To start off, share a little bit about how you arrived in the current role that you have at 9.5. Well, Farley, that's going way back. I think I've always been entrepreneurial even as a child, but I got my first professional touch uh, with entrepreneurship when I was around 21, 22, when I decided to try with four people to find an agency, an office. Back then we were looking at product development, innovation. Uh, So we decided to rent a dorm or a student house with the four of us professionally. I like see my professionally. And with one of those four, I actually launched an agency. It was called Bundle. It still exists. And over the years, over approximately eight years, uh, we grew that agency into the Benelux market leader in venture building. So what we were doing back then was creating corporate ventures on demand for large corporations. Now it's very common, but back then we were actually, I think, the first ones in Europe. So after that period, I saw that there was another play with more impact for those corporate ventures, and it was actually a venture capital play. So about three years ago, I sold my company Bundle and I launched uh, a VC, a new type of VC. I wonder if you could share how you're currently organized and, and, and thoughts you have about the, the founders working together, the hierarchy, and whether culture or the leadership organization is an important consideration for you. At least if we look at the structure of companies, it should be faced intentionally. And if, we ha- if I'm personally talking about the very early phase, I always was looking for three elements. First of all, cultural fit. Secondly, complementarity. And thirdly, to have an environment in which you can trial and error. Maybe a fourth one that I liked in working with Paul was that we have had an intergenerational aspect. If we look at 9.5 today, we created, so a fund is managed by a general partner. Our general partner has four partners, so it, it is non-hierarchical. That's a decision we made. So that's one ingredient. A second ingredient is to get all of those people and our general partner involved as owners. So they had, on one hand, to invest themselves and they are incentivized as entrepreneurs. And the third element, I think, in this phase that is crucial is transparency. You have to get everyone along. And if we translate this to existing startups or, or for instance, our portfolio companies, often in the first phase of startups, like the first 10 employees, everyone is incentivized as owners. Uh, Secondly, they get a lot of information. Often these structures are are, are very transparent. Uh, You want to have the scores and the wins 
and get everyone involved. So that's the transparency layer. So again, these three elements, they work at an early stage company. If we're looking at scale-up, so the next thing, I think it's necessary to have hierarchy. I think it's necessary to have differences in incentivizations. That's very clear, Peter, and, and I like this, this intentional phasing idea of yours. That said, if you have a few people, as you currently do, you have four individuals that collectively make up the general partner role. How do you navigate decision-making, specialization, uh, who takes up what task or project? And, and is there some inefficiency that's created as a result? There is definitely inefficiency. How we structured or found our people, I think the main aspect was the complementarity aspect. We have one person who had experience in venture capital. He has a financial background. We have another person, uh, Elisa, she has a, a law degree. And some of them are issue-driven. Others of them are very futuristic-driven. They want to go into ID generation. So often you have conflicts or other visions. Often you have inefficiency. I think we were able to solve this into a modus of more transformational leadership. One who creates a vision and who is especially encouraging the others to follow that vision, all on their own way, in their entrepreneurial way. Turning to managers, what advice would you give that would help them practically get the best out of their team? What I'm looking for in managers is managers who can transpose energy on their teams. So I think if you're creating a new team, I think getting every day that energy into the building and eventually out of the building, I think that's a crucial aspect. But what I, what I learned over time is that if you're able to ce celebrate the wins you get with the team, you get a very strong company culture over time. There's a lot of talk about being more authentic or uh, yourself. And I'm just wondering, Peter, what you make of the potential tension between your point about being the energy giver to the team. How does one reconcile these two concepts of being yourself at work with needing to actually play a particular role which might involve overcoming yourself? Personally, I would be open and transparent in it, creating a vulnerable position. If it's, if it's one day out of 20 or 30, it will be appreciated and it will strengthen the culture. I'm talking about smaller scale organizations. If you're, if you're running a company of 100, 200 people and you enter the building and you say that you had a, a bad day and everyone has to know it, I don't think that's efficient. But if you're in a small scale organization and your top management sees that you have an issue at home and you talk about it, I think that will only work better over time. Yes, yes, and, and builds trust. Yeah. In terms of you as a leader, what has shaped your leadership style as you would characterize it today? I have a tendency to always work with mentors. So if I look at, at, at Paul, and I already talked about the intergenerational aspect, in all honesty, Paul is my, my equal partner, but he's also my mentor. So we often have these, these, these breakouts in which he actually coaches me on leadership. And he's both a professional mentor as a, as a, as a personal mentor. So this is for now. But if I look way back um, at the period of founding my first company, my other co-founder, he was also some kind of a mentor, although we had the same age. But his social capabilities were incredible. And back then I was a very timid person. 
I had fear on going to a sales meeting. So uh, he was mentoring me in the whole uh, social capability aspect. And probably I was mentoring him, it's always mutual, in getting things done and in, in, in getting better results at assignments and so on. I always have a mentor around, both professionally as for my hobbies or whatever. So that was my personal success or one of the, the personal success factors if I look at myself. And uh, it's the biggest ingredient in, uh, in learning a lot. I'd like to ask you about who in your network mentors you. Taking a cue from Peter, seek out mentors who are really strong at something you want to be better at. And why not someone from a different generation to maximize the mutual learning opportunities? One legendary mentor in academia has been studied to understand what made him so successful as a mentor. He's Max Bazerman, now a professor at Harvard. It turns out that he was just a lot more confident in his students' abilities and offered advice sparingly and only on request. So effective mentorship turns out not to be about advice, but rather being encouraged to follow your convictions. Peter, you've been very candid about this episode where you were timid and, and, and you said afraid of um, sales meetings. What's your hypothesis for the cause of that fear when you entered into this business uh, willingly? The hypothesis is that it's on one hand a personal aspect. I am a timid guy. I don't like big groups and talking to, to big groups. The second aspect is having, when you're young, a couple of bad experiences in, for instance, public talking. So but, but people would call it a trauma. I think it's a big word, but you have to get yourself over that. And if I'm talking about uh, Thomas, it was his name, being my mentor back then, he, he has no fears. So having someone like that next to you as a timid person from morning till evening is an incredible learning school. And here you are on a, on a, on a, on a, on a podcast and presumably not even your first one. <laughs> well, well, um, I discovered the strength in all, in all honesty. I, one of the strengths is that I, I can be genuine commercial. Uh, um, so I, I transformed that fear into a strength over years. Um, voila. Is there a tip you would have for others that are perhaps earlier in their careers and also facing that kind of anxiety or fear? as they need to achieve something, whether it's sales or investment performance. You seem to have the hack, Peter. Yeah, well, my personal hack was uh, get, that, get to work together with such a mentor who is there 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. next to you. And uh, that person, if he has it as, or she has it as, as his or her strength, uh, then you have to learn. So that would be my hack, getting a mentor on it in a professional way. If somebody was ambitious and wanted to lead an organization or lead a team, what advice or, or tips would you give them? It might sound too generalistic, but start doing it, uh, lowering the hurdles. I think uh, often people wanting to jump into a new career or, or becoming a manager or whatever, they create a forecast on it. Uh, and creating that forecast might be a big of a hurdle. So break down that big hurdle into mini hurdles. And how I did it in the past, for instance, with, with 9.5, um, getting the load of 35 million on your shoulders is a big hurdle. If I would have thought about it that 
three years ago. Of course, it was an ambition, but it was okay. This is getting serious. But starting with one million, coming from your own and a couple of colleagues, that's a small hurdle. So just make the hurdles very small and start doing it day after day, step after step. It's a generic answer, but that's what works for me. I wonder if there is some tension again between what what you say, which I'm summarizing as just start, versus anticipation, planning, preparing. In that process, I think you're suggesting you might create too big of a of a mountain or a hurdle. Uh, is there a tension? Are you recommending some more impulsiveness and learning by doing? But there is a tension. You have to do the the, the two things at the same time. I always have to have a long-term vision and that's the planning and so on, but that's on paper. Uh, but the doing element is lower hurdles step by step. Actually, I, I, maybe it's, it's, it's my vision because um, I studied, in, uh, studied industrial design and industrial design is actually problem solving. And if you want to solve a huge problem, the answer is to break it down into mini problems. So it's actually exactly the same methodology. It's a huge hurdle to dream about having a big company, but break it down in mini hurdles. Fantastic, Peter. It's been really good having you uh, share your thoughts and experiences. Thank you so much for your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Farley. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. That's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.